from the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. How's it going, Michael? Matthew, good, good, good. We had a big span between these two. Um, uh, I know. We yeah, part it's... one, part two, and then... Yeah, part three. Part so two. my apologies to, to all of our listeners, but um, I just had a bit of a hiatus getting some other stuff together, but uh, we should be back on the straight and narrow at this point. Yeah. Well, this one was suggested by Marco, if you remember. Um, we had done um, Shaolin number one, yep. Bruce and the Shaolin Kung Fu. We did number two, and then this should be number three, but instead it's called Return of Fist of Fury. Yeah, and it, you know, it sort of probably slid off my radar just because, uh, interestingly enough, you know, you, you, I think it's one of those periphery movies that just, you forget, you know, it, it counts. It's in there with the Bruce Bloitation, and it's certainly, a, it's an official third part to this little, this little trilogy, the trilogy yeah. of sequels, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is really weird. They really didn't want to let this story go, did they? Yeah. They're just like, we got the general, and we've got <laughs> we've got the Koreans, and it's a Korean film, so you know, it's like this is like Korea just grabbing in there. How many of our precipitation films are uh, Korean films? Well, I, there's there's a number of them, and but what's funny about what you're saying is is that the um, you, you once you see this film, you realize how this could have consistently gone on and on because they're basically the same movie, and it's it's every brother avenging a brother. Yeah, you know? it's the it's, same movie over yeah, and over. If Chen Chen had you know eighteen <laughs> brothers, we'd have the next one coming to it. But of course, while well, you know giving it away, you know this this one particular one doesn't die, even though <laughs> you know so he doesn't get to get avenged yet. Anyways, but maybe in part part uh, four, I guess he would have died. Nice. Well, this is 1977 or 78. Um, there's multiple things out there. And this is the return of uh, Mr. Joseph Kong, right? Even though I seen the director on somewhere else's Nam Yeah, well, that and, and just I, wanted, I didn't want to leave your question unanswered. The, the reason there's a lot of crossover with the with the, you know, Koreans and, and like, like the Japanese, they were working mm-hmm. a lot with the Chinese filmmakers because they were like cross pollinating in a sense. They were passing people over and a lot of the actors that you'll see in these movies were would pop up in Shaw Brothers films and then go back over and and then they'd send up so but Bruce Lee particularly went back and forth quite a bit and Dragon Mm -hmm. Lee obviously being Korean you know he was he was back and forth a lot but yes there was uh, a lot of uh, co-productions and a borrowing of actors and uh, technicians but in terms of the director yeah the director on this uh, I'm pretty sure is um not Joseph. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, not you know. Again, he's he's doing a kind of a little bit of a Godfrey Ho. Nam Namgi Nam, who who who's, who's apparently the director on this, actually I think directed the Dragon Lee stuff and the clones of Bruce Lee. So the okay. stuff that you saw of Dragon Lee and that same director. He he didn't do that many films. I think he did maybe about half a dozen. Um, he did um, his first his first one was a Bruce Lee one, um, uh, Return of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. That apparently he directed as well back in '77 or '78. So, anyways, that's who our, our director on this one is, by all accounts. Okay, and then um, 
just noting up on the I know none of this stuff's written in stone, but up on the Hong Kong movie database, they have this listed as uh, filmed in South Korea, which we talked about, but also the original language was Korean. And that asked that begged the question for me: How much like Dragon Lee, for example, did he speak Chinese? Like, no, he came... didn't actually. He would go over there, and, and he would have to have people that that would when he would go over there, at least initially. Um, translate with him. I know he learned English later. John Ben actually told me that he would run into him years later at, at some of the film mm-hmm. uh, festivals where they would go because they were they both kept, you know, Dragon Lee was still promoting and selling and, and producing films for a while and um, still to this day, really. But um, wow. he was speaking a little English then, but I think at the it's time... It's funny to think was, of, yeah. Yeah. yeah going, to, the, going to Hong Kong, getting ready to do your big martial arts movie and you're just like... Somebody translate what this director's saying or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'm the dragon, the hero. That's kind of how it went, you know? Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, yeah, so this is a, an interesting one. I love the intro. Uh, it had a really cool song. Very spaghetti western. I mean, yeah. it, this thing starts off right off with that spaghetti western references, you know, where he's, you know, he's even he's wearing like a poncho, you know, and he's walking <laughs> through that, that uh, the, it's very... Um, they, you know, a lot of if you if you're familiar with spaghetti westerns, which you know or I am, and I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this probably are, just at least on a cursory, uh, cursory sense, where you know uh, many of those films would start off with the the lone hero just working his way through the desert, and that's exactly what we have here. Yeah, yeah. My note exactly was that the lone wanderer remembers a waterfall and then punches a rock. Brother! Right, <laughs> right. Where we get our fl- well, you know, and it's interesting too at the beginning of this. It's, it's a fairly patient opening, right? I mean, not much happens. It's just a lot of shots, and he walks, and he sits, and there's that one part where he has the flashback of Bruce Lee, and he punches the rock, and then he keeps... It's, I think it's a good five or six minutes before there's anything even... Either speaks, you know, outside of brother, or there's a fight scene, so... Right. Yeah, yeah no, the first fight scene didn't come from... What's interesting to me, too, is I feel like it's kind of that idea. This This filmmaker was like... Yeah, this is going to be a good movie. Let's take this really seriously. Yeah. In the beginning, he was thinking that. He's like, let's get some good shots. He's coming back to avenge his brother. And yep. then he just goes wacky. He just goes full on wacky. Yeah. I mean, he kills the bird with like the pencil and then he's oh, whittissering yeah. If you don't like seeing animals get wasted, there's a, which yeah. <laughs> watching these movies, you occasionally get <laughs> to see some torturing of animals. They They definitely did something to that bird. I don't know what it was. Totally, yeah. And then after he rotisserie the bird, it became like a drumstick, which I just love too. Right, instantly drumstick, which is a flashback, of course, to I think to uh, Bruce Lee and Fist of Fury when he's eating the dog in the oh, in the yeah. graveyard. Remember? I forgot about that by the water. Yeah, yeah. How funny. Well, no, no thought... in the in uh, he's in the graveyard. Okay, so I'm you're thinking. Th- of I the... think you're big boss. I think. Yeah, you think. Yeah. Of... yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's funny. So two Bruce references to the killing something in nature. While you're off doing your thing, which also made me think of that other. I don't know. I don't remember which movie we're talking about, but he was the. I thought he was going to be the ultimate bad guy because he's like taunting people and he's eating his chicken and it's just falling out of his mouth. And I think it was just at the beginning, and then he gets killed, and it didn't matter. But. Oh, I think that might have been Marshall Monks. I might have been. Yeah. yeah, I know they got the big mustache or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, right. he had a really yeah. big mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. All right, well, cool. Um, the other thing I was going to mention with this is that. Um, that's very spaghetti western that wasn't always as the way they would do it in these kung fu i mean occasionally and probably more so as time would go by because this was i think 78 when this movie was made but 
is that slow fade out. It's not, excuse me, not a slow fade out, that slow uh, pulling of focus. So everything goes out of focus to go yeah. into the flashback, which when you watch Once Upon a Time in the West, for instance, uh, the Leone film, that's how they would do it. It would slowly pull out of focus or slowly pull into focus. And that's kind of how they were doing their flashbacks here. All right. So that movie in particular, I saw it a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, um, at the Hollywood Theater. Yeah. And I was really excited because I remembered loving it. And I swear to God, that was one of the slowest films I've ever watched in my life. I mean, he was so obsessed. Sergio Leone was so obsessed with that hot chick. That oh, he Claudia. Would just, yeah. yeah, with Claudia. He would just spend like just like 10 minutes of her looking in the mirror while, while Charles Bronson's playing fake <laughs> harmonica. I'm like, get me out of this goddamn movie. I'm well, going to sleep is, in the theater. Which, yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely... Uh, you know, it, it's from an art artist, you know, <laughs> s- s- uh, point of view. It is it is just incredible. I mean, like that opening sequence with the water yeah. dripping and Jackie Lamb and and um, you know Woody Strode, right? You know, the whole credit sequence. It's just phenomenal. I mean, it, it don't get any better than that. Problem is, it's like you said that if you're not ready, if you're used to something like The Good, The Bad, and the Ugly, or right? Fistful of Dollars, where it's a little more paced and there's like action going on, even though The Good, The Bad, and the Ugly almost about the same length it's a it's a little bit more of a paced film where this one does rely on a lot of clock ticking sort of moments <laughs> of just what's about to happen yeah. but i still find it i i i just actually bought there's a great book anybody that loves this film or is interested in the film there's a brand new coffee table book out on the book the making of the film it's just phenomenal it's just it's, it's about 40 bucks or something it's a kind of a costly book but it's huge um but uh, last bit on this is just that it's, you know, this this film, I think, you know, even though I think I would say that for me, the, he is as a director, the good, the bad and the ugly is a, a slightly better film just in terms of, of the construction of it. There's just elements of this I just think are so phenomenal that I, I refer to this every time I'm starting a movie. I actually pull this movie out to to watch it in the background because I'll always find mm. I had a feeling you would be completely opposite on me because you're – Well, you no, know, no. I understand know, what you're you saying. Know film, you know film so well. and just, It means something. But from a pure uh, entertainment standpoint, I'm just like, you got – Yeah, but you know what? I went the opposite with you. I, when I first saw it, I felt the same. I was like, oh, this one's no good. But then I watched it a few more times coming from that perspective – of a filmmaker and then I started to like it you know yeah. so uh, but uh, but I get where you're coming from because that's exactly the first first and second time I saw it where it's pretty much like all right I'll make it through this movie I'll make it through this movie you know? <laughs> well cool yeah um <clears throat> yeah that's funny but uh, yeah so um we so finally we get off on our spaghetti western beginning and then <laughs> yeah yeah when we get to our first fight it's the two forest ruffians they're just like robbers on the road and i think we're still taking this pretty seriously at this point um it wasn't a great fight and but i think it's set in that stage that you know these things are going to do there's a war going on and all yeah. you guys want to do is keep robbing you know right I'm right, right. teach you a lesson so all right. <laughs> who are you <laughs> You're trespassing on our territory. <laughs> Do what we say. We want your money or your life. <laughs> you stupid bastards. There's a war going on, and all you can do is still rob people. Huh? Huh? What's that? How dare you? Shut your mouth. I think it's about time that you two were taught a good lesson. <laughs> 
And we should talk about our our lead here, you know, because we're no longer dealing with Bruce Lay. We've got a right. we've got a, a this new is guy my here. first Bruce Pac, right? Or yes, yeah, Tony Kwok. I mean, he's got a couple different names, obviously, right. as they all do. But um, he was in he he was an extra in uh, the Last Fist of Fury, the the Dragon Lee film. Okay, a- and he was also in um, Dynamo. He, was, he had a little small role in Dynamo. Gotcha. Um, he's, he's popped up here and there. You know, yeah, he, he never. This was so, kind of his big, you know, his big Bruce Ploitation, uh leading moment. He looks so little like Bruce. Yeah, he does. He is a little. He's an interesting character. Yeah, they're just like, well, you got black hair and you can grow it like Bruce. I guess we'll just throw you in. And, and the thing about him, I mean, you have to admit, man, is he loves doing the foot shuffle. He oh loves that God. that foot shuffle that he saw. You know, that Bruce obviously took from Muhammad Ali. Uh, boy, does he go half crazy with it sometimes. <laughs> it felt a little David Lynchian at times. It would just yeah. focus, and it was like, wah, 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 Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we get it. You, you saw Bruce do it. Cool. That was crazy. <laughs> well, well, cool. So we get back in with um, our Japanese uh, at this point, and it's uh, it's the brother of the guy from the last one giving his speech about and remember, with the gold watch and all this stuff, it's really a direct sequel yep. to the last one. I think it's really fascinating. It was like, like they just had these characters in the story, and they just they had to keep it going. So it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, he's playing. It's the same actor, Bai Su Chen, or or you know, Bai Su Chun, or however it's pronounced. But same guy playing the brother again. <laughs> nice. I love that. Well, we get to this odd, odd restaurant. I love this. Um, it's yeah. it was just it was the most ridiculous dinner scene like it, this is just bad dubbing and the bad dubbing made this really funny lots of times there's lots of clips i'm gonna have to pull from this to put in um it's just ridiculous dialogue but uh, in this case the the waitress comes up to him and he's just like i'll just have any food i'm starving even though <laughs> we just saw him moments ago eating that bird yeah right he's just like, <laughs> he's like just any food and she's like just, oh, just not like, pigeon right <laughs> <laughs> She's like, are you from China? I'm from China as well. I was like, okay. So I guess that's how, like, somebody must have watched the whole thing, figured out, okay, they eventually, like, we're going to care about her later or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what will you order, sir? Mmm. Whatever you've got. I'm feeling really hungry today. Whatever we have got. Yeah, any kind of food, I don't care. And bring me some wine. Uh, yes, sir. I'll be back in a moment. But then came the craziest thing. We get this wacky-ass fight. This was so yeah. unexpected. It's so out of the blue. Um, first thing he does is he, like, throws a bowl at some guy, and it goes across like a <laughs> like a ninja star. Yeah. Shuriken. He does the bowl. He, then he throws his hat. It's the same thing chopsticks in the eye or face or head or something it was it was wacky it is wacky it's probably the most entertaining fight in the whole movie in some regards i think <laughs> you yeah. know and um it's it's also interesting to note that one of the things about a lot of these korean um these independent korean martial arts films and it was true of some of the ones dragon lee did is their sets unlike like the shaw brothers they would build the set, like whatever their restaurant or what have you, and that was the set. So it sort of end the set would end against the wall. But what, like where the Shaw brothers, for instance, would have a, a sound stage, 
build the set in the soundstage so you could literally look out windows and still look like there's an outside. But there's mm-hmm. a sense of like when you watch, you know, Dragon Lee versus the Five Brothers or Last Fist of Fury and um, some of these other Kore- like uh, Return of the Red Tiger. I remember it was very similar. Once they go indoors, you almost feel like there there's like literally that it's a set because it feels claustrophobic. It feels like you're built in. Like there's no you can't look out a window and see the outside. Or even if it's a, a prop outside, even if it's a, a manufactured like the Shaw Brothers would do, because you'd walk into the Shaw, Bro- the Shaw Brothers stages, they were gigantic, and they would have, you know, you'd have the fake outside, which was actually inside, and then you'd go into another set that would be inside of that. And I think it would give it some depth and, and, and a little bit more reality based. We could control the light, make it look like it's night outside or day. But on these sets, they're just sort of, I always feel so claustrophobic when they get into them. Like, you know, it's like they're all locked in some sound stage and this is it. Yeah, the restaurant definitely felt like that. It's just like you were in a hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of where we start to see the first sort of real brucism because he didn't really throw it out in that first fight you know he starts pulling out the footwork here yeah you're right we were still doing the the man with no name at this point and then finally he takes off his little dome hat yeah and right. it's, it's time to bruce <laughs> becomes it bruce yeah that's funny well yeah so then i think they just love this we go back to the japanese and the japanese are like they just have a similar unwillingness to help each other out <laughs> um yeah Bro, Broski tells some speech, but it's like it's like the Koreans in this case were just like fuck the Japanese. Like they don't even help each other. They're just such bad people, which is why we're making this movie against them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, well, they're like okay, well, so we failed again. Um, there's a part where our Bruce is walking, and they're walking to go get Bruce, and finally they cross paths. So I don't remember why the. The, the I call him the general, or I sometimes call him the colonel. Either way, because <laughs> he's neither anymore. He doesn't have that outfit anymore. Now he's full-on martial arts bad guy brother. But I'll keep calling him that just for reference. It's colonel okay. or general, but it's all the same guy. It's our main Japanese bad guy. But he, I don't know why he didn't fight in this case, but this was our second battle where Bruce fights the other two old guys. Right. Which was pretty gimmicky, too. There's, like, yeah. a, the foot launch over and the... F- yeah, they they did some pretty wacky stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they did, actually. I mean, the choreography in this, you know, it's it's a little... It's hit and miss. It's... um, And I don't think... Especially, you've got some good Taekwondo martial artists in this, but... Yeah. Outside of, you know, a few moments where they bust out some great kicks, you know, that's, uh, it's a little, uh, little blocky. Yeah, there's a scene, there's a couple of scenes in this. They really kind of threw me off because they were very meta too. But it was kind of like, um, it happens It happens way at the end, which we'll get to it. And I won't mess that up now. But there's something, not in this battle, but maybe the following battle, where they both, they all just keep doing like uh, a get ready stance. Yeah. And then they'll pause for a minute and they'll do a different get ready stance. And it's almost right. like a dance. It just keeps going back and forth back and forth and they'll do it like four or five times maybe six times and you're just like what is going on and it's like like they didn't know what to do it's like time filler yeah it's this movie, this movie has a lot of time filler the whole ending is like kind of walking along to music and yeah bat- and battles but yeah we'll get we, there we did experience that in the other movies too there's a lot like you said there's a lot of walk to get to wherever the next spot is and then <laughs> right. and then the action so yeah 
Yeah, that was good. Well, so the old guys run away, and then it's back to the Japanese. So right now they're still serious on the plot because we keep coming back to the Japanese. And our main guy gives this speech to rally the troops because they've all lost, you know. And it's, it's, it was just that thing. We're just they suck, and they still think they're the superior beings. So they keep rallying them back up. We're the best. We'll go get them. So Bruce meets an old guy. I believe this was at the restaurant. This next part, he's. He's sitting there and he meets this old guy and the old guy gives him directions to the Japanese dojo. And it's funny because he'd been looking around before, but finally the guy's just like, well, what you do is you walk down to the city and eventually you'll see it. (laughs) (laughs) Good directions. Yeah, they go. You didn't try that before, Bruce? If you visit Shah's own gymnasium, perhaps you'll find the truth. Why don't you ask them what happened to your brother? Abbott, where is Shah's gym? When you go out of here, just go down into the town. You'll soon find it. <laughs> well, that leads to a fun battle because Bruce gets to this uh, this dojo and he just leaps through this really high window right. for some reason. It was a sneak attack. And when this is the first time I noticed. It's a whole crowd of people. This is just like in... Um, uh, Fist of Fury. Yeah, just like in Fist of yep. Fury. Yep. Except, like, it's so intentionally everybody's taking their turns. Like, they've uh, he's surrounded by, like, ten guys. And you'll watch the guys kind of stand in there, like, wiggling a little. But they're not actually attacking him while he's attacking someone. They could yeah. get him. They could yeah. just all move in on him, but they don't. It's like, he gets the one guy. Like, these guys knew, I'm waiting my turn. I'm waiting my turn. It's almost my chance. It's almost my turn. Yeah. yeah. Very funny. Well, yeah, and if you, and if you, uh, you know, you for those that are familiar with, um, you know, Fist of Fury, which probably most people are, this is, you definitely see the references to that sequence here, you know, and even in terms of shots, you know, there's several of these, there's that famous overhead shot where, where Bruce is in the middle of all the dojo guys and they're yeah. all circling him around. They do a kind of a similar piece here. Except they had the sense not to use, um, like, dummies and have them Oh, shoot. right, when he picks them up and throws them, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's the only bit of sense, but they did have that sense. Yeah, it was a really funny scene because right when he busts in, uh, Bruce is like, where's your boss, dude? Or whatever. He just kind of yells at him and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? We're looking for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was great. Hey, this is perfect. Here you are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it kills everybody. That was it. Again, um, it's one of those clunky moments where you've got all these people in this room that's way too small for them. <laughs> and then, you know, as he's beating them up and throwing them and you see him go out the window, the shot will usually be from the outside looking in. Like, in other words, they don't want to see from the inside going out. There is this one sequence where he punches a couple, like like four or five guys all in a row and starts knocking them out the door. And you do see a little bit of a courtyard outside. But, I mean, it's one of the few times in these films where you, you get a sense of that we're really, uh, you know, in a, in a studio that's got an outside to it. But again, yeah. this this fight scene where remember he runs up at the end and runs over the guy, he like runs yeah. up the front of him and runs out the back of him. Yeah, I called it the total body kick massage. Nice. <laughs> Good technique. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was so wacky. It's literally like he's running over the person and that's like just the laws of physics don't exist anymore. Yeah, he gets into a little jujitsu move right afterwards though, where he grabs the guy's wrist and does a number of these, you know, uh, you know, um, throws on them with the with the same arm, and they kind of do it all in one shot. So it's kind of a nice little, uh, nice little uh, long shot there with some action. But oh yeah, it's again, you know, it's one of those sequences that feels to me. I, I sometimes when I watch this, 
especially with the way people are shooting today, you just look at it and see it being so, so clunky. You know, yeah. I mean, and some of these movies are. I mean, there's no doubt at that time that some of these, uh, you know, like when, when I was talking to Lisa Nam, he's, you know, talk, you know, many times you get real fighters that come in, and it's very hard to make them adjust mm-hmm. to film fighting. And sometimes it's, you know, if you're just throwing them on sets and trying to find that rhythm, and it's not always, you know, you're be careful, don't hit me in the face. Everybody's being t- tense and tight, you know. So I think this may have been one of those cases, but it, it was, you know, again, it's good. it's got some great moments, and as a, you know, as a it, I think, unlike, you know, it's it's interesting because these are all this and uh, Shaolin Kung Fu Part One and Two. They're all follow ups to Fist of Fury, but they kind of each one slowly lets go of the tone of the first movie. You know, I think each succeeding film loses a little bit of the tone. It just becomes another Kung Fu movie. Yeah, this one went so far as to become sort of wacky supernatural i mean the the weird move we just right. said but you should know we're gonna get to some other really weird stuff yeah hmm. well cool um so we get back to the japanese and this is um the what i call the general talking to the admiral and uh he's like dude you gotta totally help me and uh it was just a big ridiculous thing of i'm gonna insult your brother it was I think this is what they really thought was there. Like, this is the stuff. This is the script but or something. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty much we're not going to help. The the admirable won't help, help won't hurt. Ugh, the admiral will not help the general. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Yeah, um, that was a mark. Just call him. His name's Park, the guy that plays the admiral. Park, okay. uh, Park Dong Yong. Yeah, but he's, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I'll put in a little piece of dialogue here from it, but it's pretty funny. It's the the part I'm talking about is the, you don't say that about my brother, I'll kill you, and and all that stuff. It's really funny. I am sorry that he ought not to have gone so far. He lost the gold watch given him by the emperor. He disgraced all of us. He dishonored our flag. There was no need to do that. You blame him? I do. Shut your mouth! If you ever dare say that again, I'll kill you! Be careful what you say to an Imperial officer! Yeah, he was in um, Enter the Game of Death also. Oh. Playing a similar character. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, yeah, so we get back to the restaurant. Um, Bruce gets some help, as I put it. But the, the important part of this next part is... Uh, I guess this is when we finally get to, um, oh, what's his name? He's got a great name. It is, oh, Pozu Pai. Pozu Pai, yeah, it is Pozu Pai. He gives the elephant quote from the last one, or maybe from the one from Two of Goats. The, if a blind man touches an elephant at one part of his body. That was the second one. Yeah, and another blind man touches the same elephant at a different part of his body. Do you think they experience the same thing? Very, (laughs) very funny. I That's was a very good point. Excited. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, it was from the other one. The elephant quote was back. You must mark my words well. Let's suppose, shall we, that a blind man touches an elephant and another blind man also touches an elephant in a different place. Do you think they'll agree on what it is they are touching? They will each say it's something different. That is only natural. And it's not their fault. Their understanding is limited. 
Thus they remain in ignorance. But teacher! Um, well, now we get to a pretty good battle. And one thing I'll say about this movie, they don't introduce people at all. No. Um, I guess Bruce is the one who does the danger signal. He throws a fire flame thing up in the sky. Oh, so, later, yeah. Oh, God, that's so yeah. funny. The meteor. Yeah, right. So then Bozupai's like, ah, the danger signal. So he sends these, like, dual twin warriors down to to fight like crazy. I said he sends down the twins. And... You know, it's a pretty good fight. There's a, I like a lot of the kicks in there. They look kind of real. Um, the funny thing that happens here is the fight's going on. People are falling down, getting back up. There's not a lot of, like, conclusion to anything. But suddenly, floating Bruce, from, like, a quarter mile away, he just floats into the fight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where yeah. we start getting into some of the magic. That's true, yeah. Um, something you pointed out, because what happens next, that fight ends with whatever. It didn't really matter. It was just a opportunity to fill some time with people punching each other but we get to what you brought up uh um in our when we were talking about what this doing this film the flashbacks the first time i watched it i didn't catch that that beginning was a flashback of bruce lay oh right so then in this case it's pure uh, it's a full-on flashback it's like 10 minutes of yeah the final fight yeah and was that the last movie or the one it's the last one it's one where bruce lay dies in yeah okay there we go yeah well, dies again. That's right. He dies in the first one, then comes back, and then he dies in this one with getting stabbed right. in his <laughs> with the sword. I love it. Um, yeah, it went back to the Japanese at that point. We get back from the flashback. It's a lot of like, I mean, there's some. It's some odd, teary dialogue that goes on way too long. They just had time fillers, and they're yeah. like, "Listen, talk about the brother for like ten minutes. Just talk in circles if you need to, but just keep talking about the brother." That's pretty much where we get. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, one they, of the things in this film, too, that they didn't really um, put to good use was uh, Eagle Han. Eagle Han, is the, he's one of the guys that's always with the with the um, Posu, you know, what's his name? Posu Pai. Pai Ego. He's one of his two buddies, you know, that's yeah. that, that scene that you were just talking about, that fight in the forest, and he's like slinging the people around. He's a really good martial artist. He was in the last one. He's in Return of the Tiger. He's in you know, Bruce and Shaolin 2. He did, he did a movie, I think we mentioned this before when we were talking about last last time, called Death Duel of Kung Fu from 79, I guess. So it was right, right around the time this movie was made. Great movie with John Liu and Don Wang Dao from from um, from The Hot, Cool, and the Vicious. And he's just such a really good martial artist, but he's kind of like you know, not really used too much in this movie, which is a shame because he probably would have brightened it up a little bit. Totally. Um, yeah, that's great. We, we, the, the next thing we get to is really funny because, uh, and I had a question just, and this is a question for the world. Why does the bad guy always beat up his own people after they've been beaten? <laughs> it's a really funny scene where he just says, next, next. And, it, and he just beats the shit out of each of the guys that just got defeated in the big battle with Floating Bruce and the twins. <laughs> And it goes on forever, too. I'm just like, okay, I see you're beating your people. And he does, he goes through like eight of them before he finally, we're like, I get it. You're mean. You're really right, mean. Right. And he's like, okay, okay. I got it out of my system. I got, an, <laughs> got a new plan. Let's kidnap the girl at the restaurant, and then we'll go after Posu Pie. I was like, oh, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, like, like that could have been decided a long time ago. I think he's starting to realize that he doesn't have the power. But that's not true because he – lasts a pretty long time in the end that's true that's right he does 
All right, so I'm expecting things to pick up now. I'm like, all right, so these guys are going to go down to the restaurant and kidnap this girl, and here we go. <laughs> but we actually spend like 10 minutes in this weepy scene oh, where yeah. the Korean daughter is crying because her boyfriend died, which is just, again, it's like, where did that come from? And I, yeah. and now I because of the end end, I know why it comes in, but I'm like, who is he, and is he going to have a brother that's going to come and try to do something? He's <laughs> motivation. Yeah. Well, and I think this the restaurant scene was only really messed up because of the dubbing. But we do have a restaurant scene where uh, the general's there and he's being really sweet to the girl that he's planning to kidnap, the waitress lady. And she's being really nice to him. But she keeps going over to other people and going, okay, you're going to have to get out of here now. Yeah, that's so, right. Because they're going to get you. And then goes to somebody else. It's this guy with a weird little beard. It wasn't anybody I'd seen before that I can remember. And you could tell me if I'm wrong that I did see him earlier because I, I can't remember him. He goes up to him and he's like, you're going to have to leave now. He takes a big bite out of an egg roll. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> it was really weird. Yeah. So that finally he gets up to go. This was the, one of the weirdest scenes of all. He gets outside, and it is outside, and these two guys come, these Japanese guys come wearing suits, like it, now, now in a totally different movie taking place sometime in the 60s, and they shoot him. It's like, right. Yeah. And, and, and right, after they, right after they shoot him, he's like, come on, our mission's over, and then they walk <laughs> off. <laughs> Who were those guys? Who was the guy they killed? I, I know. It is, it's definitely, uh, they left it in just to have an action sequence, I think, right. with a gunshot. Well, we have a gun. <laughs> I love the way the guy shot him twice with a gun, and then he shoves it really quickly back into his jacket like it wouldn't be hot as F. Hell yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, then finally, of course, uh, we get to, there's a big battle in the, the restaurant as they kidnap the lady, and, and it never, yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense, but it, it was straight up funny and weird. I better go. Uh, everything all right? <laughs> I'll get your order for you. You leave in a moment. I'll tell him to follow you, okay? Now, thank you. Please wait here for a moment, sir. <laughs> you better leave the restaurant now. There'll be someone waiting for you outside. All right. Help yourself. All right. Um, and now we get to the part I put. It's, now it's a lot of walking. Uh, a few notes about the walking. We walk for a long time. They play this weird music. Uh, I like the music. The music, whatever music they stole for this whole thing is pretty good. Yeah. In fact, I have a note here to ask you about the fight music. They have fight music at the end that sounds very Bruce Lee. Da, 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 da. But then it goes kind of off into something else. Yeah, I have to listen. I know there's a little spaghetti in there, and okay. I have to have to hear. I don't know if it's from okay. Bruce Lee, but I'll, I'll I'll see if I can figure it out. Maybe next next episode I can. Okay, it out. perfect, yep. perfect. Um, one thing about the walking, my note was, uh, I think it's the last one. Uh, our the general walked on the heads of guys in the water. Oh right, yeah, the, the human bridge. This time it was two guys just carrying him across because the water wasn't quite as deep. I guess. Yeah, a little, little nicer. You know, yeah. A little more, yeah. Nice um, in general. 
So who's the guy that comes up next? I didn't... Was he one of the twins from earlier? It's a dude wearing all black, like, cool outfit, but he's got the silver circle on his forehead. Right. That's Ego Han. Okay, As we were talking, who's ready that to fight it. the guys off. Yeah. yeah. He's the one that, that we did see in the other film. He had long silver hair. Okay, that's him. Yeah. Okay. He's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a really good martial artist. He just doesn't get, like I said, used in, as much here. And like I said, he's just, he's, he actually did a, the... Uh, champ against champ with dragon lee he's, he's worked he was in jackie and bruce to the rescue of course we saw him in that so he's been around a lot we've seen him in a number of movies already but here he's just kind of like tossed aside but um but that's who it is yeah well i'll blame it on pure quality whatever the fact that he's completely covered up except his face but yeah i didn't i, I if you would have asked me i'd never have said i'd seen him before but he is really good he like so in this case he comes up and he's like using a woman as a hostage you're a coward or yeah whatever. right She's like, run away! Don't, don't get yourself killed. Because I'm like, do you guys even know each other? But then she, she just like, straight up kills herself. Just grabs a sword and stabs herself. And he's like, ah, stupid, stupid lady! She just killed herself. Yeah, I know. Grabs her hair and yeah. <laughs> so, there's um, a there's a funny sequence in this fight scene if you remember where there's a group of guys all facing each other and they all shuffle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Like like trying to get past each other, trying to get past. It's like almost like out of a cartoon. It's so funny. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. There's another. There's a few scenes like that where they do the same weird shuffle, yep. side side. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and it doesn't look like it's just repeating the same film. It, it, they're actually doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. This is where, and this is coming up to where Bruce flies in. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he does a pretty good job fighting. There's lots of katanas slashing stabbing there's a really great stomach stab scene where it's like straight up like being a 12 year old kid and playing with fake swords that he the guy's holding it to his side with his arm as he's like oh Oh, yeah 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 that's right it was great yeah and bruce now like the first time was like a fluke could have been bad editing no this time he's flying in yeah, he he literally comes flying in, which is hilarious. And then there's a one shot, uh, a couple of shots into it, where there's a mass sequence of fights going on, and then he comes across, shuffling, backfisting this guy over and over from right side of frame to left side of frame. Yeah. It's such a funny sequence. It's like pop, 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 pop. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny, man. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, and my favorite part of this battle too um, is the hair lassoing and the oh, hair right. lashing. He uses his long hair in a braid to like whip the hell out of these guys' faces yeah. yeah it was cool it's an old technique but it works every time it so does um and then the, we got the magic spec so the smoke attack yeah posu pie microwaves like this guy's back <laughs> microwaves <laughs> and once you could microwave somebody i'm like why isn't he just doing that to everyone yeah he should be cooking them all yeah <laughs> Or at least showing that it, like, dwindles his power or something, you know? Totally. Something. Because yeah. I'm like, wait, once you microwave, once you don't just throw that power away. Yeah. It's like we get halfway through the movie Firestarter, and she's just like, nah, you can't put anything on fire anymore. <laughs> it's like, wait, I paid for microwave hands. Yeah, I paid for <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, so Bruce, just fight, fight, fight. It's the It's a really long fight sequence. Lots of people knock down, get back up. We can see Bruce is still going. But then he does this great thing where he, he kicks this guy and the guy flies, like, right. again, 400 feet or something like that into a tree, into the branch of <laughs> yeah. the tree. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good yeah, scene. That was, that was good. All right. So now we got Posu Pai versus the general. 
And this is another one of those scenes, just like the other two we've talked about. He has this chain, and he's sw- swirling it around. He's about to attack Posupai, but Posupai grabs it. And then they do this weird thing over and over and over again where uh, the general moves. Posupai does, like, a forward roll and comes up on the other side. And they do it so many times yeah. <laughs> until finally Posupai yanks the chain and kicks the general in his chest or something. <clears throat> very strange uh yeah okay so Posupai is about to get um his butt handed to him after all because he didn't have to just fight the general he had to fight the general and t- the two old guys that are suddenly much better fighters than they were earlier but bruce flies in to save the day and just like the microwaving hand bruce is now using the pressure points or right, bruce's right. deadly fingers to the layperson yeah, there you go to the layperson <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. First guy he runs up to, he just like kind of grabs his legs. I think it was the same guy. He fought the, he grabbed him, and then he also did like pressure points on his head, and that totally killed him. Yep. Um, we have a very funny sequence here of Bruce versus the Colonel, where um, he brings out his ninjaku, and um, suddenly he's got this little mirror necklace that the, the yeah. Colonel does, and he's just like flashing him in the eyes, and he's. Bruce trying to block the the light from getting in his eyes. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah, there's a there's a um, Rage of the Dragon, I think it is, where um, Dragon Lee's fighting Carter Wong, and and it's actually flips where the good guy does it, and because of Carter Wong's got these shades on and he's super invincible, that Dragon Lee has this. Um, this uh, vest that's made of mirrors and it just starts screwing them up. Oh, and, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that, that technique gets pulled out every once in a while. The old mirror in the face. Wasn't Shaolin one? Didn't it have a scene like that? It was a brief one, but it was the two guys wearing all white with their magic hair. Oh, it could be. You mean where they used a mirror to yeah, blind somebody? Yeah, or something, or like the edge of a sword. I don't know. I have to yeah. go back, I guess. Um. Yeah, Andy, either way. Um, Bruce royally kills the colonel and it was a kind of a funny thing because the colonel went down pretty hard but he's like looking back up at him like through the branches it was one of those very dramatic deaths and then bruce is just kind of like standing by this bush and he's just like oh okay like i guess i'm i did my job yeah well and i'll tell you one thing i'll give this movie credit is they they for a long time even though sometimes you realize it, it disappears and reappears they have him fighting with those nunchakos, those giant nunchakos in the back of his pants. You know, normally these movies, all of a sudden the guy just pulls it out and they're like, where did he pull those from? But in this one, they keep showing it like it's the back there in his, oh. his, his waistband. Now, you watch the movie, you'll, you'll notice that it disappears sometimes. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But at least they were trying to establish it to some degree in there when Sony finally pulls it out at the end for such a short period of time. It was almost like, why'd they even bother? Um, I love it. Bruce Beck. Yeah. What did yeah. you do, you know, in the missing scenes? What did you do with the nunchaku? It's like, I left him in the toilet. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> but at least they breaks the mirror, so. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, he breaks the mirror, wins the day. Um, for some reason, there's a lot of urgency. The final scene is uh, Pozupai saying, ah, and this is what explains the earlier long sequence of the dead boyfriend. He's like, listen. Korea and China are in the same boat with these Japanese, so I want you to marry my daughter. Take Here's my daughter. the paperwork, but I need you to leave right now. He's like, she's like, father. He's like, no, now. <laughs> they yeah, just have take, to run. Take her, and she's screaming, I don't want to go with him. Yeah, she's like, dad, please, no. Huh? 
now by food. Since China and Korea are both in the same situation, I will give you the hand of my daughter in marriage. You are both to leave here right away, right now, and take this with you. This document's important. They will try to capture it. Oh, off you go. Teacher. And, and you got to admit, you, Park, you know, Park, who plays the, the, the carrier, he gets a little tear at the end. There's a little yeah. acting comes up. They come in for the close-up. He's got a little tear going out in his eye from watching his daughter get sold off to some kung fu Tether. fighter and... No, and of nice. course you you have this this set up like they were getting ready to do part four. I mean they they were obviously in route, but uh, totally. Just uh, it uh, took Donnie Yen to bring it out many years later. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know the guy was standing there, and he's just like, "Listen, we need a tear." So he's just like, "Uh, my God, like I'm gonna have to be in another one of these." And the tear darts <laughs> from his eye. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this one was pretty entertaining. I have to say the whole the whole last thirty minutes was pretty rough because of the walking and the endless fighting. You'd think that the fighting would be the highlight, but when there's really no stakes, everybody just keeps fighting and fighting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's a couple good moments that's so bad they're good, you know, where he jumps totally. up out of frame and his feet are like three stooges style slapping people in the face and Absolutely. Yeah, but it um it's it's lacking Bruce Lee's charisma, I hate to say, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, really. I didn't think much of Bruce back. He just, in fact, most of the times when they'd show close up of him, I'm like, wait, is this one of the like most Bruce Lee movies have a little Chinese guy that looks kind of like Bruce Lee, and I'm like, <laughs> or you know, most of these movies that right, like right. other other Bruce's, and I'm like, wait, is this guy somebody else? And I'm like, no, this is our hero. Yeah, he also looked a little cheesy, like. Um, a Kentucky Fried movie, that guy. He oh, Evan Kim, kind of, yeah. Yeah, comedian-ish. Like he wasn't <laughs> fully married to the badassness that would be being Bruce. He's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't bother with a big Bruceisms list because this there were too many. But just like you said, I did. I put down boxing legs, nunchaku, obviously clothes, hair, um, all the other things. But in particular, I did call out what I called boxing legs and, of course, the nunchaku. Yeah. Yeah. And the feet shuffle, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. boxing legs. Sorry. Yes, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they, they really made a point of it. Like you said, they would just like, there's a whole scene that just points at his feet kind of going crazy and the sound uh-huh. effects are wacky. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us to news. Leads us to some news. Uh, what is going on? Well, you know, we got, um, everybody should be out pre-ordering uh, the leg fighters. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, just first off, it's Lee So Nam, and we all got to support him. There, um, there's some. There's actually a nice little supplement that'll be on there. That that uh, little documentary. It's only you know five six minute short little documentary on the Hollywood Theater while they were screening uh, the Dragon the Hero, which is kind of fun to to get a little footage from and interviewed with Dan Halstead, who runs the uh, Kung Fu Cinema there. Um, and there's some there's some clips that we we put in there from. Um, 
when we were touring the Taiwan studio where Leg Fighters was shot and a number, actually some of Fist of Fury 2 was shot there and a couple other films. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be out in October. And uh, so that's kind of cool. Very exciting. Yeah. I just love that because, um, I mean, even watching it in the theater, um, you know, you're getting the feeling of it, you know, watching it, how it was meant to be watched. But doing a really big scan of this that can, you know, push the resolution up a bit. I'm excited to see it in that way as well. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because you walk a line with these things because as a, as a sort of a, a purist, a 35 millimeter film purist, it's like what I have to do is I have to get first off, we have to find an element for the film, you know, which is the, the print the, the film itself or a negative or whatever you can find with these with these kung fu movies, as we've talked about before, you know, it's it's you're lucky to find anything. Dan happened to have a copy of it. It's a it's a, a one of the original Chinese versions. So it does have burned in subs. So anybody that's going to watch the film is going to get it with the burned in subs. But there is something about that too, because it's, this is an original Chinese print. Now we have a optional uh, English dub that you can, if you just don't like listening to, you know, if you like the English dub, you can play it at the same time, but you'll still have the, the subtitles on the original yeah. um, film element. But, um, you know, the other thing is, is that it's being, you know, this company that's, doing this the pearl river collect collection that they um it's working with them to say look you know we've i like i sit down and i watch the the film print and then talk with the person doing the uh the restoration on it and just tell them to just bring out what's natural in what has been lost over time in the print and not over digitize it because some people they right. they kind of over colorize they sort of over uh, overdo the 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 now digital uh, version of the film to the point where it gets kind of waxy and you suddenly look like you're looking you're not even looking at a film anymore you're looking at sort of a glossy version of it and so we're really uh trying to keep keep some of the scratches keep some of the character of the original film grain in there but give it to you in the the most you know impressive way that can be done with what's available for us at this point in history yeah yeah, because the real deal is cool, right? Like, what nothing for me has been cheesier in the last few years of the kind of uh, grindhouse stuff of, of uh, you know, Tarantino and crew adding. Adding the, it in. Yeah, right. yeah. No, it's just, it's cringy, right? You're like, it's, oh, no. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same as trying too hard to take it out. You know, I mean, it's even as a, as a kid going to see these movies, they would have those pops and scratches and it was just part of it. And, and in this case, you know, the films are now, you know, 30, 40 years old in some cases. Right. So your your um, the idea is just to give it some of the color that might have faded back. You know, we pulled some of the reds up and 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 that kind of thing. Nice. Get some of the skin tones a little bit more natural again. And but it's like leave the scratches in, let the cuts be where they are, and and it just feels like you're watching. It just looks, but it looks great. You know, the resolution's great because they're they're two K transfers. Um, so and it's you know we're gonna and I'll, I'll uh, the one of the next projects we're going to be doing we haven't announced it officially yet is going to be uh, dynamo yeah so we've got a 2k we've already done of dynamo and the same thing we're just trying to take the print and you know give it the most love we can without overdoing it and um obviously again you know we're not like dealing with gone with the wind or 2001 a space odyssey where they keep it in these vacuumed <laughs> saved rooms and armed guards protecting it and et cetera, et cetera and then you pull it out and spend millions of dollars on the restoration um, you know, we're, we're dealing with limited funds, but what we're at least trying to do is save them. You know, the, the more we can get them scanned appropriately, 
out there for people to buy. And that's the other thing is people need to go out there and buy this thing. Go out and pre-order it. Go out and make sure you're going to get it because the more, if you, if these sell well enough, I promise you we're going through more. You know, um, I've got a few, I've, you know, as you know, I, I own a number of film prints. I know some other people that own a number of film prints around the, the world in the United States that will be pulling up and, and putting them to good use. And most of the stuff I'm trying to pick, to be honest with you, isn't always maybe the best film, but I'm looking for films that people have not seen yet in their widescreen format. Most of the films that are, you know, roaming around on YouTube that haven't been shown in some cases that I'm trying to, to get restored so we've got we've got two more for sure coming out dynamo being one of them and then another one and then uh, i've got about three others that you know if we start selling well with leg fighters and uh, we're we'll start pulling them out and doing them lovely i'm excited good i'm glad somebody is damn it yes exactly (laughs) yeah i mean the last one you did was deadly fingers which is great because uh it even has uh you on a commentary track so that's right. I'll be doing one on this too. I'm, I was, I wasn't as involved with fingers. Um, actually VCI, the company we did that with, cause that was before we started this. Um, they actually owned a, a really nice print of, uh, Bruce's fingers. So they already had done it. Um, and it looked pretty good. I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, but, uh, yeah, from here on out with this, with uh, Pearl River, I'll be, you know, at least supervising to some degree or another Sweet. with what's possible. Yeah. But what we're doing. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, well, we're, we got a message. Actually, I got this message um, back in okay. September, and I didn't realize it because um, it was on my personal um, Twitter. But um, it popped up because um, Glenn <laughs> Salvage, he's a UK actor who <laughs> uh, I'll throw out for him right now. He has a movie out right now he's promoting called Adventure Boys. All right. It looks like he gets his ass handed to him home alone style. <laughs> anyway, um, he he sent a message, uh, and I he just you know loves the, the clones cast. Uh, he thinks oh, what we're cool. doing is is God's work. Uh, is the gist of it. He can't wait for the documentary and the future clone remasters. So yes, some good ones. Yeah, he says he's been a massive Bruce Lai fan since 1984. So to hear that uh, we are doing this stuff has been great. But he wants us, he said, I'm hoping you guys will be covering Soul Brothers of Kung Fu in a future episode. Well, I'll tell you what. It's funny because the what I was going to say for us to do next time, I had three that I had um, I had picked. And that was one of them, the ones I was thinking about doing. Because I had recently, Tarantino showed his print over here in L.A. at the New Beverly. And I uh, went to see it. And um, I think that we should do that one. Let's do that one All next. Right. Yeah, I'll be good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, there you go, Glenn. Uh, coming up next. Yeah, he popped up to say, hey, dude. <laughs> he noticed He noticed my uh, – I've been uh, putting us on hold there. He's like, when is the next one coming out? So Yeah, I've heard a few people yeah, it'll, <laughs> coming uh, after me for it. I'm going to do this one really fast, so this should happen in – yeah, really, really soon. Um, okay, that said, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, phone number. Uh, call well, in- there was something else you wanted to talk about. Uh, oh, no, they're coming to there, yeah. So 424 oh, okay. uh, uh, Leave a message there. If you don't want your voice online, you can always send me uh, a message on Twitter um, at Screen Mayhem or at, uh, at Evil Twin Ghost. Uh, whatever you guys want to do, send me a message. And, uh, yeah, we'd like, we'd like to hear what you guys want to talk about and hear because, I, I don't know, it makes it, makes it fun for all of us. Yeah, and if you if you guys want to write in ahead of time, like they know what we're doing next, and you you want to comment on that movie, you know, it's always great to kind of after finishing up talking about the film, hear somebody else's p- 
points on it yeah too. absolutely yeah, yeah I, you're right i did want to bring up one other thing and uh it's because uh it's been in the news all uh the last two weeks uh it's the bruce lee controversy um of the once upon a time in hollywood yes so i'm not gonna i i don't really care what i think of it because i'm really i think i reflect most people but why don't you give me your what do you, how do you feel about it? Well, I you know anybody that hasn't seen the movie yet, you might. There's a little bit of a giveaway with what we're going to say, so which is part of my point for bringing it up. Yeah, we have nothing so, else coming up after this. Just turn it it's off. Not a, it's not the. <laughs> I'm not giving away the ending, which is actually one of the in, more interesting things about the movie. To be honest with, you, is the ending. But um, in regards to the Bruce Lee thing, um, so stop right now, listening. The, the I, you know, I know there was this controversy about how he was portrayed and he was this cocky, I could beat anybody, you know, blah, 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 blah thing, which is true how they present him in this film. The thing is, as it turns out, it's sort of Brad Pitt's fantasy. So it's not really necessarily even Bruce Lee because it's Brad Pitt going, nah, remember, because he's thinking about if I went back to set, this is what's going to happen. Mm. And then he decides not to go. So in a sense, it's it's sort of covered by the fact that this is really brad pitt's character's fantasy of what might happen if he had gone to ask for a stunt job on this you know it's one of these long 15 minute sequences that you realize was just a a fantasy in brad's head but it it is it does sort of take this idea of of bruce lee being just a just sort of an, an arrogant asshole which you know he was he was definitely very sure of himself and he loved to sort of like throw his techniques and 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 mess with you you know but it was I, from everything i know and from people that have known him and his family etc that that was just so far from what he would he would do you know and he he did you know he he may have thought he could beat up the stuntmen in America like maybe he thought hey I can give you guys a run for your money but he, you know he didn't you know he didn't dislike them yeah. <laughs> so he didn't call out that his hands are deadly registered deadly yeah weapons. no that was totally made up of course yeah right no no yeah. that was my problem too I just cringed so hard it it kind of took me out of the film I get what they're trying to do you got to make your character into Superman if we're going to believe the whole thing. Right, but there are lots of other ways to do that without sort of really going full Kentucky Fried movie. Yeah, Mike Mull did a great job. I thought he was like with the sunglasses on, especially because you know he doesn't look entirely like him, but he did a really good, you know, characterization of him, anyways. But yeah, he's sort of presented in this sequence, anyways. I mean, he comes up a couple other times in the movie, just real briefly, but um, in that sequence, he's you know his big monologues part it's it's he's definitely coming across like yeah i'm i'm the best i'm the greatest don't mess with me but it's also sort of presented a way like he's almost full of shit you know what i mean like he's almost doing it like uh, oh i don't really want to prove myself so don't touch me i'll just touch you a little bit like all of a sudden now he's setting up all these these kind of rules around the fight which was sort of again the opposite of him mm-hmm. since he was a little more like the rules were usually thrown at him he's like no forget the rules let's just go for it you know on, do you think on a level Tarantino did it for this reaction from everybody? Because it seems uh, like I don't, he's somebody who owns Bruce Boytation films. He obviously he loves all the old kung fu movies, and it's like it would seem like if he purposely did this, it would make more sense. I don't think I don't think he was trying to make any. But I think he just was like again. I think his probably his perspective was he was like this was. This is what Brad Pitt's character, Cliff, or whatever his name is, is thinking about, probably thinking how he'll be up against Bruce Lee because he's been hearing about Bruce Lee, you know, through the story. And this is what would happen. 
I, and I, I honestly think he wasn't trying to make controversy. I, I also don't know how much Quentin Tarantino really knows about Bruce Lee as a, no. as a, as a person. You know, it's, he may love his movies and he's probably read a few books that, that detail some of the things. Cause obviously he was aware of his involvement with the wrecking crew and mm-hmm. working with Sharon Tate. And he sort of mimicked elements of that really, uh, really well, you know, where she's having flashbacks at one point about training with Bruce Lee for that movie. Um, and uh but you know i mean it's it's still it's a fa- the, as you will find watching the movie there's a lot of fantasy elements to this movie overall anyway so it's not you know without giving too much away it's not like entirely supposed to represent exactly everything that happened yeah fair yeah. enough and I, you know i took it as a as not i didn't take it the way you did i did take it as um that was a memory he was having and that's why um he had bad blood with you know that manager producer whatever so I, I i didn't catch it as so much fantasy but also we do have to consider that um the whole thing takes place in an alternate realm so well right but that's the thing he remember he's he's saying hey why don't you come down to the set and ask the stunt guy and he's like yeah well we're not really getting along so then when he's up working on the roof he stops and thinks right. about it yeah. and he's like well if i go down there and ask for a job this is what's probably going to happen to me and then when it comes back to him he goes nah and he kind of shakes his head like forget it and then he goes back to work so yeah. it was almost like played like a joke like i'm not going to go do that because i know what's going to happen i'll have to see it again yeah that's what that's <laughs> what's going on in that scene all right good enough yeah well yeah thank you michael um guys uh soul brothers of Kung Fu is up next. Uh, Soul Brothers of Kung Fu. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Until next time. All right, brother.